Scott, we interviewed Artavis maybe once or He left Clemson after three seasons as the school's all-time leading receiver in terms of receptions. And I, I, to this day, I don't know why we don't give him more love. I mean, why, why shouldn't you? Why wouldn't we? Because he's not as explosive as Sam or as tall as Aaron or as, you know, big playability as Nuke. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea why. Artavis Scott left here as the school's, as Clemson's, all-time leading receiver. End of discussion. And he did in three seasons. Why do we not view him as one of the all-time greats here? What's our problem? What's our issue here? Honestly, I'm asking you, I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm looking internally. I'm doing soul-searching here. I'm self-scouting. I'm doing what the coaching staff does in the offseason to try to get better as a broadcaster. And I, I have no answers. I, I can't give you a clue as to why I feel that way. A lot of his catches were the close to the line of scrimmage catches, or they felt like the you know the the dump down catch. So he's Mr. Bubble Screen. Yes, is that what it is? I don't know if I'm correct in thinking that way, but yet that that's sort of the label that I have put on him in my mind. As um, a, as a freshman, seventy six catches, mm-hmm. almost a thousand yards, twelve point seven yards per touch, eight touchdowns. He was, I think he was a freshman All-American. or I'm pretty sure he was, too. Uh, 2015, Ben, 93 catches. Yardage came down a little bit. 900 yards, only six touchdowns. So the touchdowns came down a little bit. This past year, and we talked about this a couple of times, he ended up matching his reception total from his freshman campaign. 76 grabs. All right, so he had 76, 93, and 76. That's a lot of catches in three seasons. The yardage came way down. He went from 965 as a freshman on 76 grabs to 614 as a junior in 76 catches. So the yards per touch there went from 12.7 down to 8.1. The touchdowns came down as well, down to just five scores. Every year, he had six rushing attempts, uh, average about, oh, I don't know, two and a half yards per touch there, did score one touchdown on the ground. My thought with Artavis not being drafted is kind of what Ben alluded to. If I'm throwing a tunnel screen, where am I going? Old number three is out there. I'm tossing it to him. Uh, ask Oklahoma how that worked out for them in that first play ever called by Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott back in the old school Russell Athletic Bowl circa 2014. He took it to the house and kind of set the tone for what this new era of Clemson play calling and offensive football was going to be all about. So, I mean, he got the job done, but the brand of nuke with his hands, the brand of Watkins with the explosiveness and the athleticism, the brand of Bryant with the straight line speed, all these other receivers kind of had their deal. They had their identity. Mm-hmm. And with Scott, I, I don't know right or wrong that that was ever there the way that it's been with all these other cats. And I don't know how many different times we've talked about the word brand and being self-aware and having your identity and kind of what you do in whatever walk of life you're in, whether it's professional, personal, whatever. It's a big deal. I don't know that the NFL viewed his brand quite as valuable maybe as what they should because I, I don't know that we really know what that is. And he's not the tallest guy on the planet, so that's part of it as well. But like what we've talked about with Ben Bulware, I, I think it bodes well for him and his motivation and his skill set to be somewhat doubted or disrespected or forgotten going to the Los Angeles Chargers. So I'm curious to see now what happens with him. But I, I don't know that I was shocked the way that I was with Bulware that Scott went as late as he did. And part of me wonders, what would it be like if he actually came back? I don't know. Maybe that's something to talk about, too. Yeah, I I wasn't shocked by him either. His you know, size-wise would say he's a slot receiver in the NFL, but he's just not, he's not shifty enough to do that. And he's not fast enough or tall enough to play on the outside from, by NFL standards. You know, Clemson used him wide a lot of times, but it would be that bubble screen kind of thing. And, and he goes like know, six yards. Yeah, and, and I mean, and he fights. I mean, and he's a tough kid. He's going to fight for every single yard. Um, in the NFL, though, that's more a six-four guy taking that and fighting because every now and then he breaks loose and can take it to the house. Yeah, and that's just not. I don't think what Artavis is. The one thing though is, not only did he. 
that is he was he a true junior? He graduated in two and a half years. A communi- what? communications degree what? What? and played football two and, in two and about? a half years. Two and a half years. Dude, it took me six years to get my undergrad from Clemson. Six. He yeah. did it two and a half and played football. Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. That's insane. So I, I'm not ready to completely dismiss him, but to your font, to your last point there. God. When I saw that he I went undrafted, right now. I, I feel th- dumb. Oh, we're 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 we're, idiots. we're not very smart. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Forrest. I I did wonder what it would look like if he came if he if he would have come back. Yeah. And would your recommendation have been to come back? Somebody that's a true junior that doesn't get drafted almost always would be. You you would think it would be better to come back. But no, Deshaun, more talent, receiver. He's, think what his numbers would have been leaving here. Now, maybe it wouldn't happen because I think some people did kind of paint him off as that system guy. He got all those numbers because of the system. He's the dump-down guy, like I said. So you know, maybe those, those numbers wouldn't have helped him that much. But you just think about, think about what he could have. I mean, it could have been just gaudy numbers that you just can't ignore if he had come back for a season two and a half years he graduated I, I i won't sleep well tonight as a result of that little fact being mentioned again here in this space six five four seven six two seven on the northland communication phone lines brian is up with us next hey brian hey how are you guys very well um i was gonna say not only the the bubble screens and tunnel screens but if i'm not mistaken the jet suites count as passes also and not as much this past year, but in previous years, you know, he was probably getting three or four jet sweeps a game, which which made up for a lot of catches and a lot of extra yards also. But uh, I was going to say of all the people that announced they were uh, leaving for the NFL early, I was truly shocked when I heard that he was because, I mean, just in my personal opinion, when I saw him play, I didn't think, uh, you know, an NFL receiver um, – so I was really surprised he left early. I don't know who gave him a draft grade, but um, I would have loved to see him come back for a senior year. But thanks, guys. I enjoyed the show. Thank you, Brian. 654-7627, our phone number, the Northland Communication phone lines. I forget about those little quick tosses that count as receptions. Because I was looking at the rushing totals, and he had six carries every single year he was here. I'm like, there's no way that's accurate, because it felt like he – ran with the football so many more times. But you remember, in an effort to avoid fumbleitis in the backfield, right, we've seen all these teams, and especially here at Clemson, they go to this kind of little quick pitch, which counts technically as a forward pass or a reception, even though you're, like, tossing it to the guy who's, like, an inch in front of you as he's running full speed from side to side. And, and he actually did a really good job on those plays. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I always yeah. think of, the, oh, that's a, that, those are rushing totals. But no, they're passing totals. We're still talking about Artavis. I was yes. on the phone there. Yeah. Yeah, but those numbers are inflated, Roy, because two of those games were against Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yes, that's right. That's it. <laughs> Oklahoma. That really counts. Oklahoma still hasn't tackled Good him. Good job, Bob Stoops. <laughs> How you doing out there, Norman? Huh? You doing okay? <laughs> that never gets old, does it? That never oh, gets and he, old. Oh, and he did the same thing against South Carolina, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. The, uh, I guess the 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 year that Deshaun was on one leg, two thousand fourteen, that, that was the play. Yeah, you know that still hadn't been tackled, still hasn't been stopped. No, I'm with you. Uh, Matt and Clemson joins us next. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going, Roy? Going very well. Uh, cool. I was gonna just say two things on the Artavis Scott point. Um, I don't think it was a terrible idea that he left. Okay. But the two things that you're looking at when you're drafting somebody is their their measurables and their performance on the field, what they've done. Uh, we obviously learned on Thursday night that measurables mean a whole lot because Chicago traded up for some scrub out of North Carolina <laughs> who started like nine, like won like nine games mm-hmm. over somebody who proven themselves on the field because yeah. of measurables. Yeah. Um, Artavis Scott's measurables are not going to get any better. And his performance on the field, it's easy to say it's going to get better because he would have been older, more experienced and everything. But you take away Deshaun Watson from him and he's not the same player. Uh, he's just not. So I think that, that's what I was going to say about him, and him leaving wasn't a terrible idea. And uh, I'll take your comments off here. Well, that's an interesting perspective. I mean, when Cole Stout was tossing the pill around back in 2014 when Watson went out, I mean, Scott was a reliable target. The play that we've talked about so many times, the first play from scrimmage in the Russell Athletic Bowl, Stout is the quarterback. 
and they go tunnel screen, and Scott makes one move, gets one block, and he takes it to the house. So, I mean, Stout and him had a decent connection, if memory serves me correctly. I'll tell you this, too. Can I sell you on this, Ben? For whatever reason, and obviously talent has a lot to do with it, and I'm sure coaching does as well, but anybody that leaves here to try their hand at the next level as a wide receiver this decade has found a tremendous amount of success. Hmm. And I'm talking about guys like Jerron Brown, who's been in the league now for like five years. Adam Humphreys, who our good friend Don Munson talked about at the end of our last hour. He's the number two receiver basically at Tampa Bay, and he was signed as an undrafted free agent. And honestly, Ben, if you would approach either one of us before the start of his rookie campaign, does Adam Humphreys have staying power? We would have said no. I mean, he was a good player, but we didn't think that that was going to really translate very well. If Brown and Humphreys can do it, then certainly the all-time leading receiver in three years and a guy that graduated in two and a half years with a degree in communications from the very same school can succeed as well. I mean, right? I mean, is that is that fair to say? I mean, I got Brown that's, and Humphreys doing it right now. They've been doing it this entire decade, it you're seems You're selling like. me. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. I can you're sell you on that. Because all those other wide receivers came out of the same quote-unquote system, you know, and, and, they're, and they're doing okay. Adam Humphreys played in a system. Adam Humphreys is like the favorite target of Jameis Winston. Think about that for a second. Now, one thing Matt said there that, and I understand his his point, and you know, Deshaun gave him a lot of those, helped him with a lot of those yards. But I think you could look at next year at, in another way, though, and say if you have inexperienced quarterbacks and you're not entirely sure about their decision making and downfield passing game wouldn't you pl- wouldn't you play closer to the line of scrimmage with the pl- passing game mm-hmm. uh which you know in in a way that could have made Artavis Scott more valuable next year than he was this past year because you don't have a proven Mike Williams going vertical um can you can can't you imagine Artavis Scott Running at a tall, tall sweep to the left yeah. with Ke- Kelly Bryan under, cent- you know, behind center, and Kelly, kind of and Kelly, that a yeah, bit. Kelly Bryan. The decision is: Do I hand it? To, I mean, the, the the read is: Do I hand it to Artavis Scott? Is that linebacker going with Artavis, yeah. or am I going to go right and go the other way as a quarterback? I mean, I mean, you can, I can see that play, and I can get excited about that play. <laughs> yeah, I can too. I I would tell you this: the fit with the Chargers. The fact that Williams is there, there's a little familiarity, at least, with the other wide receivers. I, I think that stuff matters, and nobody talks about that enough. But if you take a new job and you're working in a new city and, and you know somebody there already, maybe that you worked with in the past or that helped get you that job, you're just a little bit more comfortable and you're a little bit more relaxed, and I think you're a little bit more efficient right out of the gate. I think that familiarity matters. I think it matters in all walks of life. I think it matters in the NFL, additionally. He's got Phil Rivers and his 17 kids tossing the pill to him. I think that matters as well. Philip Rivers has the ugliest throwing motion in the history of ugly throwing motions, but it works. I mean, he slingshots it out of there like uh, discus. I, I don't know what it is, but he's played in the NFL forever, and he's going to put up gaudy passing numbers. So they get Keenan Allen back, who's now healthy, I assume, this fall. They get Mike Williams in there, back shoulder fade. You had Arteva Scott, who can do some different things, the end-around game, the sweeps, and those kinds of things. It's good. But, I mean, he's got a quarterback that can get him the rock. He's playing with a guy that he's played with before. He signed as an undrafted free agent, so maybe that lessens some of the pressure. There's some components, and he's coming from a school in which everybody that leaves here as a wide receiver has gone on and been wildly successful. Martavis Bryant, I thought he was going to play for like a year or two and then just fade into oblivion. No, in like a year and a half, he becomes Ben Roethlisberger's favorite target and was electrifying the Steel City before he was suspended for a year because of the off stuff, off the field stuff. I mean, Jerron Brown was recruited at every other school as like a strong safety. South Carolina, which is where he wanted to go to school, wanted him as a safety. He said, thanks, but no thanks, I'm going to Clemson. And he's still playing for the Arizona Cardinals. What? Adam Humphreys was a really good possession receiver here. Was never going to amount to anything in the NFL. But no, he's tearing it up in Tampa Bay. Tearing it up. Something to be said, too, about Artavis. I will get to more of your calls coming up. Charles, hang tight through the break. You will lead the charge in our next segment. 654-7627, the phone number on the North End Communication phone lines. 
Uh, back with a lot more after this. Stay tuned. I'm a donut nut. I'm a donut nut. I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Hi, I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donut Company in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Drop by for a delicious donut and a cup of coffee. And remember, raise money for your club, church, or group of worthy cause. Sell Krispy Kreme donuts. Call Anderson and Spartanburg Krispy Kreme. I'm a donut nut. I'm a donut nut. I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Need to travel? Edwards Auto Sales in Walhalla has the area's best prices on new Ford trucks, cars, and SUVs. In business for over 50 years, shop Edwards Auto Sales for all your automotive needs. You know, if you're a sole proprietor, your company has several hundred employees. Kiwi Financial advises on small group retirement plans. If you already have a plan, the independent financial advisors at Kiwi Financial Group will do a comprehensive review to get you a more efficient plan to help save money and improve your returns. Discover successful business strategies with Kiwi Financial Group in Clemson. Give them a call today at 654-5043 or go online at kiwifg.com. Hey, this is Joseph from Local Q, inviting you to come try our famous house smoked wings. Tossed in our signature barbecue rub, these wings are sure to leave an impression. Pick between any of our 10 sauces, including a blueberry chipotle barbecue, coconut curry, and inferno for the daring. We also offer great lunch specials Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and a unique brunch menu Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit us at 30 Orchard Park Drive, Suite 7, or online at www.localq.com. Remember, Local Q is 21 and up at all times with a valid ID. The good news, our business is growing. The bad news, we have to hire again. Ugh, the searching. Oh, where do we look? What if we hire the wrong person? Actually, we could use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter makes hiring fast and easy. With one click, our job would be posted to 100 leading job sites. But are the candidates any good? You bet. As soon as we post our job, ZipRecruiter starts identifying the best matches and notifies them to apply, all within minutes. Well, whether you're looking to fill one position or 20, find the best candidates fast with ZipRecruiter. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by hundreds of thousands of businesses in a variety of industries nationwide. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash score. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash score. ZipRecruiter.com slash score. It's a mother of a move and grand opening as Purple Haze has a new location in Anderson. Voted the Upstate's best piercing studio, Purple Haze is now at 3448 Cinema Avenue in Anderson, next to Dazzlers and behind Grady's. Body jewelry, glassware, tapestries, incense, candles, and posters, and award-winning piercing facilities and piercing professionals. Purple Haze, 3448 Cinema Avenue, Anderson, next to Dazzlers and behind Grady's. Look for a new Clemson location coming soon. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesday. Roy Philpott on WCCP. I'll do my job. You people better start doing yours. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. feel a little bit better talking about this Arteva Scott stuff. I mean, maybe it's a Clemson cleansing of the college football soul. I I, I don't know what it is. I, I just, I, I felt bad his entire career because we, we never gave the guy the kind of props. And, and here we are touting Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, I'm already doing the Barry Rogers too. I mean, we've certainly done it with T Higgins. And I guess it just speaks to the sick nature of how well this staff is recruiting. And it's kind of a great problem, a great dilemma to have. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's good to have some positive reflections on what this guy meant to Clemson football. Guy won a national championship, played another national title game. And, you know, for a split second was Deshaun's go-to receiver, especially when Mike Williams was injured two years ago. So uh, I I kind of enjoy reflecting and walking down memory lane uh, with Tay. And you know what? I I think he'll have staying power with the Chargers. And who are we to think that he wouldn't, considering Deron Brown and Adam Humphreys are still playing the league, and none of us thought that they would have that kind of staying power. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm talking my way through this. I mean, like a, on step five of a six-step process of figuring things out, right? That, isn't that what they tell you? You know, you go through this process, you know, 
your girlfriend breaks up with you, it's like, you know, five steps of grief. Somebody dies, same thing. Recovering, uh, you know, with some kind of addiction, it's like a 12-step process. So I, it's like an eight-step process. I'm on step six. And ultimately, I just want to get to the point where, hey, this guy was really, really good. He's probably going to play in the NFL for a while. And given where he signed on, even though he wasn't drafted as an underclassman, it's probably going to work out in his favor. I just want to get to that point, and I'm getting close to that point. Yeah, and regardless of what happens in the NFL, he had an incredible career at Clemson. All-time leading receiver. And uh, you know, was Deshaun Watson's roommate. You was know. he? I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Been roommate since day one. Didn't know that. Had best, no idea. Best friends off the court. There we off go. Off the field. Yeah. Uh, good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Very, very successful here. Go back to your phone calls presented by Northland Communications. Charles is up with us next. Hey, Charles. What's going on, man? Enjoying your show. Thank you, sir. Uh, on this Octavia Scott situation, honestly, I never saw him being actually being drafted because of the measurables. I mean, the NFL, you can't measure the heart. Neither, cause both of them got the biggest heart mm-hmm. of anybody that I've seen, any player that I've seen come through Clemson for their size. Now, but Octavius, like you said, he graduated in two and a half years. He's the all-time leading receiver at Clemson. He's leaving as the all-time uh, leading receiver, and he won the national championship. What else can he do in college? I mean, I, I don't know. If he came back put up bigger numbers next year, average more yards per catch. And look, I, Charles, I don't know if that's feasible with Zarek Cooper as the starter, or Kelly Bryant as a starter, but, you know, that would be one thing that maybe would have increased his draft stock somewhat, so maybe he gets more guaranteed money up front. I I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly understand your point. I mean, because, like I said, he wasn't going to get no title next year. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, he could have caught more passes and further pushed his uh, all-time leading receiver out to make it harder for somebody to catch. But like I say, you're looking at inexperienced quarterbacks. And, yeah, it would have been nice to have a safety valve like him and Hunter. But like I said, he's achieved everything he can achieve in college. And so I look at it like, why not try the NFL and just see? Because when he came out, when he announced he was coming out, I'm like, why? And then I thought about it. I meant he's done all he can do. He doesn't graduate. He's the leading receiver. He got his ring. I met multiple-time ACC uh, uh, champion, so uh, Atlantic champion. So why not just test the waters? And if you don't make it, you got your degree to fall back on. And so, and he got that degree in two and a half years. Charles, thank you yeah. for the call and stay in touch with us. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I get it. Oh no, make no mistake about it. Artavis Scott is going to be a success at life. Zero doubt about that. What about in the NFL, though? What about in the NFL? If he finds the right fit, I could see Artavis really being a maybe one of those guys that gets signed on to a practice squad, almost taking a little of, of the Adam Humphreys role, mm-hmm. uh, the road that he took. Mm-hmm. He kind of bounced between practice squad and, and the 53 man, uh, you know, until he, you know, finally made it uh, on a permanent basis. Even last year, Adam Humphreys was on was on the fifty three man at the beginning of the season. If I'm not mistaken, it's, it was because of a late injury to someone else there that even gave him that spot. But he got the opportunity, he capitalized, and now he's you know he's one of the main targets. So we would both agree that Scott will get that opportunity at some point. I think so. Right. So what does he do with it when he finally gets it? Right. And, yeah. and I don't know enough about. I mean, honestly, I don't know enough about the Chargers to know if that's the right fit or not. Well, I just I I, I like it with Rivers. I mean, Rivers, I he'll he'll check down, he'll toss it deep, right? I mean, I, I I'm okay with Phil Rivers throwing the ball to Williams and Scott. The other thing about Artavis, we talked about this with Ben Boware, is that he's a special teams guy, and he he's a wide receiver that's really really tough. You know, I mean, he he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's almost like that nickelback kind of a guy on defense that can do a little bit of everything, but he's just a tough guy. And so, he, you know, that that in itself might be a, a, a bonus for him to get him on a roster. Six five four seven six two seven. I like that. You're selling me on that. Wide receiver you is selling me on this. And we'll see what happens. Uh, Elberton Tiger joins us next. Elberton Tiger, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Roy. Listen, I got two things real quick. Uh, first off, with the Oakland Raiders, I think they got a steal with Elijah Hood 
in that seventh round, I think with Elijah Hood and Marshawn Lynch, they'll be able to uh, pretty much old-school ground and pound everybody into submission this next season in the NFL. And secondly, I hope and pray that there's a preseason game between Carolina and Denver, just so I can see Ben Bulware take off Chad Kelly's face mask. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elbert oh. Tiger. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the case or not. The Raiders had a decent draft. It wasn't viewed uh, all that successful by a lot of pundits because they took Conley in the first round, uh, who's got some you know off the field stuff going on uh, out of Ohio State. But I. Beast Mode and Elijah Hood in the same backfield. Now, I don't know what Marshawn Lynch is going to look like a year removed from football and then coming back. And there's a whole deal, too, with the Raiders that they're on borrowed time in Oakland before they go out to Las Vegas in 2019. And to me, that's just an enormous distraction out there. But I think their talent isn't bad, especially with Carr at quarterback. I like the late edition of Elijah Hood. Boy, we all thought he was going to be a lot better than what he ended up being at North Carolina. And part of that was because Fedor didn't use him. But I think most of us saw a lot of brilliance in his potential, and it just never came to fruition with Elijah Hood the way that we anticipated. Yeah, you're going to have to work harder, though, to sell me that Oakland is going to beat people with old-school ground and pound. Yeah, I just- yeah. Well, I mean, they got Carr, though. Carr's a good quarterback. Oh, he, he's yeah. coming up. And, and if, he, if he returns healthy, I, I mean – I think they were a dark horse this past year till he mm-hmm. got till he was injured. Right, but I don't know that they're going to go straight ground and pound. Now, um, Marshawn Lynch, like I said last week, one of my favorite players uh, to ever play in the NFL. Really, in this era, mm-hmm. really. But I'm here so I won't get fined. Yeah, love him. Love, love him. that guy. I do too. Eight Skittles just for, just in his honor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's back. I think the NFL's better with Marshawn. I do Lynch. too. I do too. Give me a soundbite every once in a while. It's okay. Roger Goodell, it's okay to give me a soundbite instead of this canned garbage that we get at all these press conferences. I'm down with Marshawn. I'm glad that he's back in action. And it makes sense that he's in Oakland or L.A. or Las Vegas or wherever they play now. Thomas in Simpsonville is where we go next. Hey, Thomas. Hey, uh, if you had to choose one player in the NFL that matched up favorably to how you think Artavis Scott's going to do, who would that be? You mean just compare Scott to a player that's made it in the NFL? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to think on that one. I mean, it would be a Steve smaller Smith, right? receiver. Pardon? Steve Smith, right? No. I, I mean, Smith. You know, Smith, what did he play? So? No, I mean, I, I, I get it because they're shorter. But, I mean, Smith was more physical, right? I mean, Smith was more vocal. I mean, Smith was a lot of things. And, and, and he emerged after a couple of years to turn out to be the kind of talent he is. I, I get it in terms of height. But I think Scott's no, got some work to do to, to get there. Point. Okay. Um, just think about the North Carolina game yeah. um, at, in Clemson, not the AC Championship game, and think about the Notre Dame game and how he just absorbs hits when he's near the goal line and yeah. keeps pumping his legs to yeah. get into the goal line. Yeah. Think about, I think it was at Louisville that he took a huge shot in the end zone, hung onto the ball. Even his first catch against Georgia at Georgia, he went over a defender and just plucked the ball out of the air. So he wants it and he's tough. He's underrated tough. I certainly would concede that, Thomas. Thank you. I, I, I don't mind being sold on some of that. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to call him the next Steve Smith. Smaller in stature, so I get it. I mean, Steve Smith was like this one-man wrecking crew, right? I mean, when he wasn't catching passes, he was telling you that he was going to catch passes, and then he went out and then caught the passes after the fact, right? I mean, that guy, yeah. he was like Deion Sanders playing wide receiver almost, except a lot smaller. I think they are about the exact same size. Are they? Uh... Actually, Steve Smith was listed at 5'9", 195. Scott's maybe a little taller. Artavis, 5'10", 193. Okay. The difference, so I think Artavis does have that that toughness about him. The difference there is, though, I always thought of Steve Smith as a true downfield passing threat. And even at 5'9", he could still go up and get a ball from, from defenders that were bigger than him. I don't know that I feel that way about Artavis, but still, from a toughness factor, I mean, you know, we're thinking about Steve Smith, what, 12, 14 seasons into the NFL versus a guy who hasn't even started the NFL yet. I could see Artavis getting to that point from a toughness factor. I, I certainly could. On the text line, 986-1566, Tammy and Seneca, in fairness, you're comparing NFL Steve Smith to college Artavis Scott. How is College Smith compared to College Scott? Okay. 
Also, Tammy and Seneca from the 864, not even close. Steve would eat your face. That probably is my all-time favorite text message in the history of our text line going back some five years now. Steve would eat your face. I mean, the numbers certainly would eat your face. You, you go back and look at Steve Smith's career. Now, let's do this. Smith is a rookie, but he only caught 10 passes, right? So, I mean, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. 54 grabs the next year, 88 the season after that, then was injured, and then his best season statistically back in 05. 103 grabs, over 1,500 yards, and 12 touchdowns. The difference between NFL Steve Smith and Artavis Scott at Clemson, the yards per catch, there wasn't a single season, even when he was injured back in 04, in which Steve Smith averaged less than 11 yards per grab. So what you're talking about and what we're thinking of with Steve Smith, the downfield big playability, man, that was there all career long. And he started back in 01, wrapped up last season after semi-retiring a year ago. Even caught 70 passes for 800 yards and five touchdowns, 11.4 per touch. That's pretty impressive right there for 5'9". Steve Smith ran a 4'3'9 at the combine. Ooh, man. For somebody 5'9", well, for, I don't care if you're 9 feet tall, that's fast. Blazing but fast. for a 5'9 guy to run a 4'3'9 is really fast. 654-7627 on the Northland Communication phone lines. It's been an Arteva Scott love fest, which we encourage right now because we need it. We're confused. We need your help. Ed listening down in Scranton, South Carolina, joins us now. Ed, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. How y'all doing today? Very well. Yeah. I think with, uh, with Artavis, it's, uh, it's a little bit kind of the last thing we saw is, is really what we remember most. And what I mean by that is this past season in 2016, you know, he really sacrificed uh, a personal stat as far as the big numbers, you know, for, uh, for the sake of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, they had uh, Deion Kane, they had Mike Williams, they did, and, and even Jordan Leggett, they used him downfield a lot. So they didn't need him to go downfield a lot to make, uh, make big plays. <clears throat> if you go back to 2015 and look at his numbers there, uh, they used him downfield a lot more. I, I, I think Boston College, I, I think they're still wondering what the hell happened because <laughs> they never could cover him all night long. <clears throat> so, I, so if you look at his numbers from 2015, he has the ability to go downfield if that's what a, a team wants him to do. <clears throat> but but like the, he, he, did, he, he sacrificed himself so that the team could be better this year as opposed to his numbers being better. That's just my take on it. And I could see that, Ed. Thank you. I, I, I certainly get that. I mean, think about it. He was more of a safety valve this past season than anything else. And, and why was that the case? Because Mike Williams is going deep. Jordan Leggett, the intermediate passing game. Uh, the run game, you got some different things going on. You get the tunnel screen. You get the little flip pass and the end-around play that looks like a rush, but it's really a pass. And that was more his specialty. Did you ever hear him complain about it? Didn't somebody get testy when somebody posed a question about Artavis to Dabo at some point during the season? I think I remember that later in the year. I think that happened. Where somebody raised their hand at one of the press conferences, Dabo calls upon the reporter, and the reporter asks the question, hey, Artavis Scott's numbers are down, what's going on? And there was the implication there that this guy's having a disappointing campaign. And then Dabo went off. Oh, that's bullcrap. That's right, coach. He went off. He went off. And just just standing up for his receiver. And, and so um, to the last caller's point, Ed down at Scranton, uh, tell my friends down there in Olana, hello, Ed, if you're driving past there. Or Lake City, everybody's down there. I'm sure they having a good is time. Is that where right that is? Oh, yeah. I drove through Olana. Olanta. Olanta. Olanta with an O. I drove through there back in October. I could have been near Savannah. I could have been near Wilmington. You were in I had, Tennessee. I had no clue where I was. It's easy to get lost down there. It was a beautiful two-lane road. I knew. I do remember that. That stoplight needs to be adjusted because it was red too long on your journey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you remember Dabo got fired up. I remember this now. Yeah, Dabo got fired up supporting number three, who just happens to leave Clemson as the all-time leading receiver in school history. One more call in this segment. I want to talk to Mel Kuyper coming up next. Andrew in Greenville. Andrew, good afternoon. How we doing? Doing well. Good. Um, just without looking at stats, kind of going with the eyeball test, I think Artavis could compare a lot to Eddie Royal, um, who's also already played in that system. I like that. Um, yeah. So I I think possession and blocking are going to be his two strong points. Um, you let Mike stretch it. Um, they're going to use Gordon out of the backfield a lot, I imagine. 
they they drafted some some offensive line to kind of kind of protect that as well. But um, I think he could potentially be Eddie Royal. I don't know that they'll use him in the return game like that. But as far as looking for positive things, I mean, Eddie Royal's had a long successful career yeah. coming out of Botech, which I don't think a lot of people predicted. So we don't think necessarily he's going to be a superstar, but could he sustain a career for five or six years and maybe double the average lifetime of an NFL player? You know, the right organization, maybe with the right quarterback, maybe. And I think there are some ingredients out in Los Angeles with the Chargers, Andrew, to where that's doable. That's possible, right? Right. And I think, uh, you know, Rivers, is he's still a gunslinger, but he doesn't have the cannon that he used to. So the check downs, I think, are going to be there this year. Okay. Um, I just all he's got to do is make the fifty three, and then it's it's any man's ball game. But uh, that was just kind of my quick thoughts on it. Good stuff. We appreciate it. We'll step aside. Our next break, Andrew. Thank you for the call. What's wrong with Mel Kiper? What's wrong? That's a question we love to ask here on the show. There's something wrong, isn't there? His head's too large for his body. No, I don't think it's anything to do with appearance. But he just seemed grumpier than normal this year. Did you? We learned something a great deal about him this past draft. And that he's only taken one restroom break in 39 NFL. Holy season. crap. I don't know how that's like, possible. I don't know how that made the air. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, PSA from a texture down to the 843. The speed limit in Scranton slash Lake City slash Olana is 30 miles an hour. A word to the wise. Make sure that you are under that number because if not, they're yeah. coming after you. Popo's coming for you. That made the news last year. Did it? Yes, because they were... They were given tickets at like 32 miles an hour. They will. I've seen it happen. It's happened with me. Uh, more of your calls coming up. And what's wrong with Mel? We get to that and more after this. I'm George Jeffries, local GM of Metal Building Supply. As part of Mesco Building Solutions and NCI, we're the Southeast premier supplier of metal building components and pre-engineered building systems. We have an 18,000 square foot facility, and we bring in inventory and special orders every Friday. Call 295-0506 or come by 1500 Elrod Road in Piedmont. Whether it's a 30 by 40 for your shop or 100,000 square feet for your business, we have over 40 years of experience to put to work for you. You can't make a living walking in the woods, but you can at least get there in confidence on a set of Toyo Open Country MTs installed by the Pendleton Tire Company. Wrap those Toyos around a set of Fuel, Moto, Metal, or XD wheels. How about a lift from Rough Country, Fabtech, or McGoy's? Finish off that look with a set of NFAB step bars, and don't forget the WeatherTech floor liners. Call Joey or Zach today at 646-3694, or check us out at PendletonTire.com. Looking for delicious and innovative food in downtown Clemson? The Blue Heron Restaurant and Sushi Bar is the answer. Fresh house-cut steaks and seafood and free-range poultry are just a few of the menu items that define the Blue Heron. And specials like two for Tuesday. Buy one roll and get the second half price. The finest steaks and fresh seafood at the Blue Heron, College Avenue, Clemson. Visit our website at blueheronfood.com. faithful right on time one of the few things on earth as reliable as a gas water heater from Lossman. reduce your energy bill and carbon footprint with a cleaner burning reliable propane gas water heater from Lossman. available wherever you live take comfort in Blossman. here's the deal tank water heaters 399 tankless 999 free installation WCCP. I'm here so I won't get fined. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Yes, coming back to the NFL. I, I look forward to Mar Marshawn Lynch, probably not in a Super Bowl setting with the Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders, whatever they are for the next couple of years. But I look forward to more sound bites like that. It's just interesting. Right? When Marshawn Lynch is on the field, I want to watch him. When he has a microphone shoved in his face, I want to hear what he has to say. I really don't even know why. And maybe that's like me taking a page out of the millennial playbook where, you know, it just in the era of outrage that we live in, we just want to be outraged even more. And maybe Marshawn Lynch can do that for me. I, I don't even know. I, I'm just happy that he's back. I've really? been entertained by him off the field. Yeah, exactly. He was, he was on the uh, the bear, was it bear growls, whatever you, that guy's name is, the outdoor guy who takes you know, celebrities 
up in up in the mountains. Oh, what is this and, like your flip this treehouse show you watch all the time on yeah, HGTV? Yeah, that's right. It's the same kind of deal. That's right. I'm too good for those shows. Yeah, well, that was you. you then you you know it's your loss, Roy. <laughs> it's your loss. And then he was on uh, on Diesel Brothers, which you would know nothing. Uh, no, about. I know about Diesel Brothers. No, no, no I'm with you on that. A, that's sister. a man's man show. No, you don't I know, know what that about. one is. Check you don't know no Diesel Brothers. No, you you watch Flip This Treehouse all the time, I and mean, I get text messages. Did you see they just flipped that treehouse for forty two thousand dollars? Can you believe it? They did it in a red oak. I can't believe that. <laughs> I hate I've those never, shows. I never, hate them. Never seen that show. The uh, the outdoor show with him was was really good though. Good. He's a funny guy. I mean, he just says things that just crack me up. And you know, and then we talked about his financial success. Basically, has lived off of endorsements and saved every bit of that's right NFL of his NFL money. He's got all this cash stockpiled, and that's why he's oh, a young that. man who is retired and. Doesn't need to work anymore. Hey, what does that feel like, Marshawn? I just want a little taste of that. Can you tell me how I can get there? <laughs> I, just, I, mean, I just want a little taste. Please, Beast Mode. Beast Mode. My, he's he, got that brand, too. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, he he's one of those guys you could easily judge a book by its cover and say, yeah. you know, ah, oh, he's, you know, he's going to do what so many NFL players from all walks of life have done. Blow it all, live extravagant. And, you know, and I'm sure he has nice things, but... He's been very smart about it and saved his money. and It's tremendous. I, I love stories like that. Speaking of shows, and, and I want to talk Mel Kuyper a little bit in this segment and Chad Kelly coming up, Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, that just happened. I was watching it real time. I mean, you got to dial in the draft and see what's happening with the final pick. I, I just, it, it was like a, a, a night one moment where I just burst off the couch and I'm running around screaming saying, Chad Kelly to the Broncos. And just to hear John Elway's quotes afterwards, I, We'll put that on the shelf for a second. That's coming up. Mel Kuyper coming up uh, with what's wrong with Mel because something was wrong. He was agitated. But <laughs> that sounds like a segment. I what's know. wrong with Mel? What's wrong with Mel? Um, speaking of shows, our little show, I, I, I kid you not, this happened this morning right before we came on the air. Like as we were coming on, upper, upper management, a.k.a. Deborah, walks in here. Or no, she sees me from like 50 yards away from like the other end of the building. She's like, Roy. And then she's like pointing at the beard and like, you know, looking at the beard. And she's like, Hey, you you got a beard. I was like, Deborah, I've had a beard since like November. And she's like, no, it's not like this. I'm like, yes, it's exactly like this. If anything, you've trimmed it. I mean, I was I was totally blown away. I'm like, Deborah, I, I thought we had this connection. I thought it was us. I thought, you know, upper, upper management and, and, and RP, we got this connection. And I don't even know who she is anymore. She doesn't know who I am anymore. I, I I, I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. And, and Kelly was there documenting all of it. She couldn't believe it. I think Quackenbush was there, too. And we just all kind of looked at each other. I was like, I've had the beard forever now. And you're just now noticing. I I felt so unsatisfied in that moment. I just wanted to clear the air with it. And maybe I feel a bit better. And, in fact, I feel worse. If it makes you feel any better, Friday, she said, Quack, I didn't know you had red hair. So. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. no, seriously, in her defense, th this She's got is a lot going on. No, when I saw you, I down that same hall which is more like 10 yards and 50 yards but that's a story for another day mm -hmm. um there's something about you that looks different today it, i'm not making that up okay and I, and I think what it is is you're wearing a brown hat today okay which is new all right to you it's my north face hat yes yes nice hat by the way thank you the brown hat is the exact color of your beard so and it, and it makes it more visible i'm not making that up now we're getting somewhere. i noticed that myself Woo! man i feel a lot better us management folk, we stick together. That's what I kind of needed to hear right there, man. You just now, connected the, the dots. You just made me feel so much better. You really did. When I saw you down the hall, I was like, something looks different about him. No, it's it's the hat. Man. It's the hat. Woo. I, I I can't tell you what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, man, I, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know if I'm not wanted, <laughs> if I'm not loved, or if Deborah, there's just, we're just, we've lost this connection we've had for so many years, but now it all makes sense. And now I feel a lot better. And upper management. Help make it happen for me right there. Between Upper Upper and, and just myself as, as lonely talk show host. That was great. That was fantastic. Yeah, so I feel better. Thank okay, you. good. Thank you. I'm here That's to the help. first time you've made me feel better on the show in a long time. Normally I feel a lot worse, but now I feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Six five four seven six two seven. What's wrong with Mel? I, I thought he was grouchy. And I did too. At, at times, you know, chemistry between people in an environment like this or in an environment as complex as the NFL draft, which is so fast-paced, 
and so hard to predict. It's unpredictable, and that's part of the fun of it, I think, just to see what happens. Again, Jack Kelly, I think he's going to be drafted. He was drafted because of the arm and because John Elway probably sees a little bit of himself in him, even though that's not him because he's crazy. More on that in a minute, but it's so unpredictable, and, and maybe that only amplifies when there's a lack of chemistry. I mentioned this with Zach Friday on the show. I was not that impressed over the course of seven rounds with Trey Wingo. And part of that is because I'm like all of you. When I consume media, I like what I've heard in the past, and it's comfortable. All right, we, we, like There was a certain level of comfort in the awkwardness that was Chris Berman for all those decades. right? I mean, like, it, there's a certain level of comfort because you could criticize him on so many levels. And it was acceptable. Like, that's what we came to expect. Every, I thought, for the most part, Berman kept it interesting. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of cliches. Yeah, there's a lot of the same old song and dance. And at times, it was a played-out act. Absolutely, it was. But you were used to it. You consumed it for all those years. And it was acceptable, kind of. Like, it was acceptable to disapprove and to criticize and to know what was coming. This year, Berman has semi-retired. Wingo had taken over as the main host for all seven rounds where he just did days two and three uh, in previous campaigns, previous NFL drafts. And I thought that he struggled. Zach thought that he struggled in that first round where there were awkward transitions or different things going on. And I don't think that helped with the whole Mel Kuyper deal. I mean, Kuyper was just grouchy, was just downright grouchy. And it, I want a little bit of friction between himself and John Gruden. That's acceptable. I like that. That's okay not to agree on, on everything. And they didn't agree on much, it felt like. But it was like his manhood was being challenged. Yeah. Did you feel that at all? I take it that Mel Kuyper is the probably not the most liked guy around the set there, but he's the guy that most people respect. He's been there for so long. Just sort of by default, you give him his space. You don't challenge him on air. And then you add John Gruden to the mix. And John Gruden doesn't care if you've been there one year or 40 years. He's going to say whatever's on his mind, and he's going to give you that little chucky eye, you know. I'm, and, you know like a half I'm okay with his shtick. I'm okay with it. Me, and I'm not so sure it's a shtick. I think it's I, almost him now. Yeah, yeah. And there were two players specifically that I remember – Gruden challenging Mel Kuyper on, and it made him very uncomfortable. One was Miles Garrett. Uh, Kuyper said... Gruden you know, feels the same way I do about Garrett, yeah. by the way. Kuyper said, hands down, the best player in the draft, the, the no-brainer number one. John Gruden was like, yeah, he took plays off. He you know, he let his team Dang down. Right he did. You know. Yes, he did. And then the other was quarterbacks, specifically Deshaun Watson. John Gruden was on record at the end of all the, the, the John Gruden camps that Deshaun Watson was his guy. Mel Kuyper, for whatever reason, Kuyper didn't like him. just does not like Deshaun yeah. whatsoever. Not a good pocket passer. And I, I just don't what know said. what, yeah. I, the things that he said about Deshaun, while you could break him down and, and find some truth in everything that he said, I never got a... This is the one thing that I just think is he's a complete bust on. And they really disagreed with that. And then on, on top of all that, on round one, in, in day one, uh, Gruden, and it was set up because ESPN had film of it, Gruden called Kuyper out on what he said about quarterbacks, that quarterbacks would not be drafted in the first round and definitely wouldn't be drafted in the top ten. He had said that a couple of years ago, like, no team is going to draft quarterbacks in in on day one, and it's all or it's and or and you're not going to do the you're not going to do that with running backs either. The running backs one was the one that I yeah. saw, and and he he called him out on both of those positions, and it was like, ha ha, see, you were wrong, and Oof. it was set up because those clips were ready, but Kuiper was not comfortable with it, and it was like there was just a just tension there the well, whole week. A part of that to me is the removal of Chris Berman, and they're just all used to each other. And this other guy, Lewis Reddick, I, I I don't know, man. That, that guy, I was not enamored with anything that he said, with how he acted or, you know, his takes on things. I, I just, I really didn't agree with much of anything, and I didn't enjoy listening to him. I, I just, I, I didn't like it. And, and so all of that, he's got an increased role. No Berman, who's just kind of this, you know, chucker a little bit on stage. It all felt awkward. And Kuiper, it felt like, was mad. 
was downright mad. And one of the things that he had said in previous years is going to be, I would never draft a running back in the first round. Like he said that a year or two ago, and they showed the clips of it, and he's saying, I'm never going to draft a running back. And the Ezekiel Elliott does what he did last year, and it's kind of an egg on the face. you got to be careful making those kind of, you know, just huge statements that don't always apply. And at some point in time, it, it's going to come back on you. You you know that it is, but yet you say it at the time to generate headlines. Maybe it works for a couple of minutes, but it doesn't work long term. So you know that. You know you're going to get roasted as a result of that. Mm-hmm. You can't say, well, I'd never draft a running back in the first round. Shut your mouth. You can't say that. No. There's always elite level talent. It's always cyclical. And at some point, running backs will become more valuable than what they have been in the last couple of years. Elliot proved that last year. And, and others will prove it again this year. Yeah, and with Kuyper, I really, because of some comments on other players too, and you know Deshaun and all, I really wondered if he had watched Clemson film at all. Like if you if you would have told me Mel Kuyper's never seen Clemson University play a football game, I'd have said, yeah, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey mentioned this morning that he his he was very adamant that Wayne Gallman did not do well in pass protection. And if anything that you're going to say about uh, Wayne Gallman, any criticism, that's last on the list, in my opinion. I I, I don't know a single person that would agree with that. And then he said almost the opposite about Jordan Leggett. He was a good blocker. (laughs) Yeah. Adequate blocker. You know, he'll do all right. Oh, well, uh, do all right in the NFL blocking. I don't know about that. Yeah, buddy. uh, You ever seen those two guys play? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's forgivable to not get every single player scouting report 100% correct. Roy, is it? That's his, that's his only job well, of the whole year. Well, I mean, I mean it's, 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 253 players are drafted. That's a lot of picks, plus undrafted free agents, plus it's live television for three straight days and seven rounds. I get that. I, I mean, I, I, I can see how you can make a mistake or two. I mean, in those circumstances that, that Leggett is a decent blocker and that Gallman was not adequate in picking up the blitz, I, no, here it certainly doesn't make a ton of sense. Part of me wonders after watching that, is that whole ship kind of sailing? You know, does that is is this one of the last times we see that band together? Yeah. And to me, it felt like that Wingo was taxed doing all seven rounds. Well, that may just be a little bit too much to expect of somebody, you know, settling into that role. Maybe you bring in somebody that's got a little bit more personality. That was the one thing I thought that was missing this year from ESPN's coverage, at least. And maybe with Rich Eyes and the NFL Network, you get it better. I, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Hour two in the books.